Matthew chapter 22, verse 1, Jesus Christ is talking here, and Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables. Parables is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And he spake unto them with parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, which made a marriage for his son. Which made a marriage for his son. So you see here that it says here, God, Jesus Christ, says he's going to give a parable. There's lots of types of salvation in here and types of what the Lord's doing, what the Father's doing. But he says that the kingdom, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, which made a marriage for his son. There's a lot of interesting things about God. God's an architect. God's a, he's a gardener. God's a designer. God's a father. God's a warrior. A lot of people don't realize God's a warrior, but he also is a wedding planner. <laughs> and if there's one thing about God you might not realize that He is, He is a wedding planner. And He's got a wedding that He's planning right now. Amen. It's a big wedding. It's going to be a big uh, feast afterwards. It's going to be a big time. This wedding's going to be a big time. And I'm here to ask you this morning, are you going to be there? Amen. Are you going to be there at this wedding? He's preparing it. He's preparing it for His Son. It says a certain king, that would be the Father, made a marriage for His Son. That Son there is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Verse 3, And He sent forth His servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. They would not come. Lots and lots of people are invited to this wedding. You're going to find out through, through the history that everybody's invited. As we go through the story, everybody's going to get invited but there's not a lot of people that are going to go. Not everyone's going to be there. That's the first thing you need to know about this wedding. Not everybody's going to be there. That's sad. Because everybody's invited, but not everybody's going to be there. Another thing about this you'll find there in verse 3 is, not everybody wants to be there. That was something that's strange to me. But what I found out being a witness for Jesus Christ and talking to people about Jesus Christ, because to me, Jesus Christ is the best thing that could happen to a man or a woman. And he's the best thing ever happened to me. And I don't mind telling you that. And that includes being married to this woman, whatever, my son being born. He's the very best thing ever happened to me is Jesus Christ. He makes me a better dad. He makes me a better husband. He makes me a better friend. He just makes me a person that I need to be. Not only that, but he's going to get me into this marriage. He's going to get me into heaven. But not everybody wants that. And that always surprises me. There's a, there's a TV show on TV. It's on HBO. It's very, very popular. It's called Game of Thrones. And those books have been out for years and years since the late 1990s, for not, since about 96. Very popular. Written by a guy named George R.R. R. Martin. And I went up and seen that guy. I've heard him speak, but one of the things I've seen him, ra- him write down that really, really made me think a lot less of him, he wrote down about how, how important Lord of the Rings is to him and Lord of the Rings has this mythological place called Middle Earth, and he said, they can have their heaven, and I'll take Middle Earth. They can have their heaven, and I'll take Middle Earth. No, you can have your Middle Earth, and I'll take heaven. You know what I mean? But that's, that's how they feel. Not everybody wants to be there. And you hear people say, you know, what we think of as heaven is seeing Jesus Christ and, and, and singing praises to Jesus Christ. See, those things we think of that's such a joy to, to being up in heaven. There's people out there in the world, they're them, that's a living hell. That would be hell. Church is hell to them. Uh, singing praises to Jesus Christ, that's hell to them. You mean we're not going to be up there getting drunk? No, we're not up there getting drunk. Well, that's not a place I want to be. I've had people tell me that. So not everybody wants to be there. And that's something we need to realize. That don't mean we don't need to invite them. But we shouldn't be surprised when somebody just flat denies they want to be there or have anything to do with Jesus Christ. Jesus tells us that's what's going to happen. They would not come. Now, of course, that's a, 
that's Jesus Christ is referring to the Jews all through the Old Testament. How they turned their back on God and tried to draw them. Look at verse 4. And again, he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them what you're bidden. Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. Come unto the marriage. That's a beautiful verse. Why is that so beautiful, Brother Keegan? Because he says, God says they're in type, and the king says, Look, behold, I, the king, I prepared my dinner. It's my oxen. It's my fatlings are killed. All things are ready. Come unto the marriage. He's not saying, hey, I want you to come and I want you to bring me some brisket. And why don't you bring me some steak? And I want you to bring, the, bring something to drink. And I want you to bring the chips. God says, no, I've got everything prepared. It's all my stuff. All you have to do is show up. It's just come on. That's the gospel message of Jesus Christ. The gospel message of Jesus Christ is everything's been done for you. God's done it all. Now the ball's in your court. All you have to do is receive it. All you have to do is come. Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, He said, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden. I will give you rest. That's my testimony of Jesus Christ. Uh, with Jesus Christ, I'm not telling you, every, my, my life's not been a rose garden. Not everything's been perfect. Nobody's life is going to be perfect. I can't say that things, I hadn't had storms come into my life, but when storms did come into my life, I had the rock, which is Jesus Christ, and that's where my house is built on, and I was able to survive them. And sometimes there's a peace and a joy that comes over me that passeth all understanding. And you can't, you can describe it to some, they don't get it. Unless they're a Christian, they're never going to understand it. Uh, cr- good Christians go through problems. Good Christians get cancer. Good Christians get sick. They have financial problems. Good Christians have lots of things happen to them. But the difference is we have Jesus Christ to get us through this stuff. And that's why he says, hey, come unto me. And this marriage, God said about this marriage, come unto me. I've prepared it all. I planned it. God's planned it. God's prepared it. God's provided for it. All of it. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith. It's the gift of God. It's not of yourselves. Not of yourselves, lest any man should boast. Guys, it's not about us. It's what God's done for us. He's prepared all this. He's got it all ready. Now you've been invited. Are you going to come? Are you going to be like these people here? They're getting invited. And not only are they getting invited, they're not getting... Because sometimes you invite people to something and they'll say, Well, I, I don't have the clothes to go. It's not like that with God. Amen. See, in a wedding feast at this time, they provided, they even provided the wedding garments, the robe. They provided that. When you showed up, they had provided that. You know, when Wade and Holly asked me to be a part of the wedding, which was a great honor, one of the things Holly came up to me and said, you need to go buy this tie right here. <laughs> I still got that tie. I had to provide my own tie, amen? And if I told Wade, hey, Wade, you know, you know I work for the city of Brownwood. I don't have any money. Will you buy me a tie? Wade would have bought me a tie. God doesn't work that way. God says, I'm providing everything for you. Just show up. All the food's ready. Everything's ready. I want you to show up. And isn't that a blessing? A king wants you to show up to where he's at? See, the way the world is, the world's the total opposite of God. The world, the more they get richer, the more they get powerful, they don't want other people around them. They exclude people. They start trying to get people out. They don't want the ruffians and the, and the poor people. They don't want all those people around. They only want the rich of the rich. They only want these little, the people they choose. They get real cliquish and they get real self-centered and they get in the... God's not like that. God says, I want everybody to come. Come on up to this wedding. That's a wonderful God we serve. 
He's inviting everybody. But look what they're doing. They're not going to accept it. Verse 5, but they made light of it. See, that's a, that's a common word right now. That's a phrase we use today. People make light of stuff. That comes straight out of the Bible. But they made light of it and went their ways. One to his farm and another to his merchandise. They went their ways. There's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. I try to quote that verse to a lot of men that I work with at the city. When I see them around, I try to let them know, hey, you think you're going the right way, but it's not the right way. That way seems right to you, and it seems like it's the right way, but I'm always trying to say, look at the way you're going. Now look at the end of that way. If it's rock and roll music, if it's carousing, if it's womanizing, if it's doing whatever you're doing, don't look at it right now. You've got to look at the end of a matter, the Bible says. The Bible always says, look at the end of it. It's never how it begins. It's always how it ends. And so many people that get on these ways and they got their own way of doing it. That's not the way I want to go. I want to go this way. Amen. And the Bible warns you, there's a way that seemeth right unto man. It seems right. You think it's the right way. But the ends are over the ways of death. And that's the world. They're blinded to what's coming up at the end. They're just going along, living life, and they never think, what's at the end of this? What's at the end of this? The ways, the ways. But they made light of it and went their ways. They didn't have nothing to do with it. One to his farm. One to his farm. Guys, that farm, that speaks of a job and work. Some people put so much importance on work and their job over God and what God wants them to do. And they put so much important. Can you, I, I, I can when you think about, think about this. And that's why Jesus is telling this story. He wants you to think about it. Here's a person that's being invited by this very, very rich king to one of the most popular, had to have been, had to have been the greatest wedding ever put on. All the food's provided, all your clothes, everything's provided. And this guy says, I'd rather go to work. I'd rather go down there and work. People are crazy. I, I don't want to work. I want to get out of work. And if somebody calls me up and says, hey, come on down here. I'm going to fly you down here. We're having a big shindig. Yeah, man, I don't want to work. Let me get out of this. I want to go have a good time. I want to go see what's going on. But they would rather go to work than to do what God, something God has for them. They don't understand as a Christian life. They think of Christianity that it's, it's all just in these rules and regulations. Christianity is liberty. Christianity is joy. Christianity is peace. Jesus Christ gives us all this stuff. And you, I can sit up here and talk about it and talk about it. But it makes no sense to somebody who doesn't understand and doesn't live with Jesus Christ. And they, 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 they want to put more importance on the job and the work. And we got to work, work, work. And, work. and men are bad about that. Men are the worst about putting their work their work, their job above God and above their family and even sometimes above their own health. They'll put everything, their job, that's so important to them. God needs to be very top of that list. And these guys say they denied it and they said, well, I got one of his, one to his farm that made light of it and went their ways and one to his farm and another, Jesus Christ says, mother, another to his merchandise. That's worldly possessions. That's, you want, you'd rather keep your mansion, you'd rather keep your fine car than to try to see what God's got for you. It amazes me the way people are so greedy nowadays and they, they want all this stuff. And I'm going to tell you all something. And it, y'all, y'all, y'all know this. A lot of y'all know this. But you see these people driving around on these really nice cars. 99 times out of 100, they don't own that car. They're making $800 a month payments. When you drive by these houses and they're living in these big old mansions, they don't own them. They're paying for them on like a 35-year mortgage or some big 30-year mortgage. They don't, a lot of people don't own what they have. 
And, and, and when you get older and you get wiser and you know how the world works and you got neighbors that pull up in a brand new car. I have a neighbor that pulls up in a brand new car. You know what the first thing I think of is? Ooh, those have to be high payments. Amen. <laughs> Man, how much, how much does he have to pay a month for that? Because he doesn't own it. I don't, I don't think that's a new car. I think that's $800 that's sitting in that every month, you know. They're putting worldly possessions above God. Amen. Jesus Christ warned us. He said, what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Amen. So many people in the world, they're going their own ways, and they're trying to gain the world. They're trying to work in the world. They're doing all this job, trying to get all this stuff they can, and in the end, they're going to lose their own soul. God says in another place, Jesus Christ tells in another place, he says that God says, you're a fool. Amen. You're a fool. Your soul is required of you to not fool. The world is full of fools. They're not thinking of the way they're going. They're not thinking of what they're doing. And all they're missing out on they're missing out on a great celebration. They're missing out on a great marriage, a great wedding. Look at verse 6 in the remnant. Jesus Christ said, The remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. And that's talking about the prophets of the Old Testament. And you go back and Jesus Christ referring to the prophets of the Old Testament, like Isaiah that was. Uh, cut in half, and a lot of the prophets got killed by their own people and slew them in verse 6. In verse 7, but when the king heard thereof, and he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. That's not only a story of what Nebuchadnezzar did to the Jews, that's also a prophecy of what Titus is going to do in 70 A.D. We talked about that in Sunday school. In 70 A.D., he's going to burn up their city. God's offering you one of the best deals in the universe, the best deal in the universe, to get out of hell, get up into heaven. Jesus Christ has paid it all. This is the greatest invitation you can ever do. What do you think God's going to do when you reject that? Amen. And you just snuff at it and you, I don't need your son. I don't need Jesus. I don't need. God's not going to take kindly to that. Amen. He's got a personality. He, burned, he got wroth. He got mad. He said, you know what? You're killing my servants and I'm trying to invite you and you're, you're mistreating them and you're killing them. And you're, so I'm going to send forth my armies and destroy that, those murderers and burn up their city. Look at verse 8. Now we're getting into us. I love this. Then saith he to his servants, the wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Amen. He's talking about the Jews are about to be put to the side. The Gentiles are going to be called the church age. And more of the Gentiles are going to be called into this wedding. More of the Gentiles are going to get salvation. That's what Jesus Christ is prophesying there. But notice there it says, God says there, by the Father, by the wedding, He says, the wedding is ready. Amen. You know what I know about God? It's ready. Amen. It's ready. It don't matter if you're ready. It don't matter if you're ready or not. God says, I'm ready. Well, I'm not ready. I, I'm going to go over here and do some more work on my farm. I, I'm not ready. I've got, I've got to go take care of my boat and go mow my grass and everything. And God says, I'm ready. Amen. I didn't ask if you're ready. I said, I'm ready. The wedding's ready. And so many people are living their life and they're going along. And God says, you know what? I'm ready to take you. Well, God, I'm not ready. I'm 30 years old. I'm, I'm strong. I'm healthy. And God says, I'm ready. Are you ready? Amen. Are you ready? And some people don't have their soul ready to meet God. And they're living on their job, and they're, and they're thinking, well, when I get older, I'll get ready. But it's all on God's time. And I tell people this all the time. When God pulls your number, your number is pulled. You better be ready. 
It might be at 17. It might be at 8 years old. It might be at 100 years old. I don't know how, what God's got planned for you, but I know it's under God's time, not mine. It's for sure not yours. And when God says, hey, I'm ready for you, you better not be looking around. You better say, okay, I'm ready, Lord. I received Jesus Christ, my Lord, so I'm ready. I'm ready. You know, as us Christians, the older Christians, we, everybody we want, everybody we love, everything we love is up in heaven. God can say, I'm ready to take you. If God was to call my name and say, Kigan, I'm going to give you an option. Are you ready to come up here? Or do you want to stay down on this earth? I would come down and look on this earth and I'd say, well, my wife, she's going to go to heaven. And she's took care of, I think I financially got her took care of. My son, he's grown. and There's my mother up in heaven. There's my father up in heaven. There's all my loved ones up in heaven. Church members I've buried, they're up in heaven and they're all smiling, waiting on me. There's no pain up there. There's, there's no sorrow up there. There's no taxes up there. There's no more worries. I don't have to worry about the sin. I don't have, yeah, I'm ready, Lord. Come get me. Man, I'm ready. Well, what am I not ready for? But they're never ready. But God's always ready. And His wedding is ready. But they which were bidden were not worthy. Verse, eight, verse 9. Go ye therefore into the highways. And as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. So he sends them up on the highways and the byways. Everybody, underneath the sound of my voice, is on the highway of life. Everybody. And some people are on that highway and they're breaking the law. Speeding. Everybody who's in, underneath the sound of my voice has had their body in a vehicle and has drove a vehicle. You broke the law. You say, no, I haven't brought Yeah, you have. You either didn't put your blinker on when you should have. You, you sped a couple of miles. You've bro- Everybody's a sinner. See where I'm going with this? Everybody's broke the law. Some people are on this highway and they're following the flow of traffic. And they're not thinking about where it might lead them. They're just going along. You know, you get on these highways up in Dallas, up in these Austin or wherever you're at. And you just follow along. You get in the traffic, you just follow along for long. You just realize, I got two, three cars on this left of me, four or five cars on the right of me, two or three cars on behind me. I'm not going nowhere. And wherever they're going, I, I got to slow down, put my blink. You're just flowing. With, that's the way a lot of people are. And they're just flowing with traffic. Whatever's, whatever's good, whatever's in this week, that's what I'm into. And whatever's the new fad, I'm into that fad. I'm just following the world, following the flow of traffic. Never thinking about what way is it going. Is this the way that ends in death? Everybody's on the highway of life. Some people on this highway of life, they're broke down. And they're on the side of the road and looking for help. That's where we come in. That's where we can pull over and we can help some people. And we can tell them about Jesus Christ. We can tell them, hey, you know, I, I can't fix your problems, but I know a man who can. His name's Jesus Christ. You know, that we were up there at that festival yesterday, and uh, that Spanish man, that came in, he comes in from Denton, Texas. He's up there every year, and he holds up a sign, and he has it. And on Spanish, it says one thing. And on the other side, it says the same thing. It says, Jesus is the answer. Amen. Jesus is the answer. And he holds up that sign, and every year I go, I go over there and talk to him. And he said, see this guy right here? And I said, yeah. I went over to talk to him yesterday. He goes, I just told that guy. I said, every year there's a, there's a guy that comes up here and talks to me, and you're that guy. <laughs> He says, good to see you, brother. I said, no, I appreciate you holding up the signs. Jesus is the answer. I don't have the answers a lot, but Jesus Christ does. And that's the testimony of a Christian. Hey, I'm not promising you a rose garden or anything. I promise you with Jesus Christ, things seem to go a whole lot better. You can get through them. You might be broke down on this highway of life. Some people are looking for an exit to get off. 
Some people are looking for an exit to get off. You can't get off. Some people, and especially nowadays, the rise of suicide is so prominent, and some people are just looking for an exit to get off. And that's not the way to do it, but there's some people looking for that. Some people are looking for a U-turn to get back to where they came from. On the highway of life, there's no U-turns. And man, I know so many people, uh, I think this is a fault of man. So many people are reminiscent. In the good old days, I remember when this was, it wasn't as good as you remember. <laughs> it never is, but you want to remember it being good, you know. But the good old, there's no U-turns in life. You remember when you were really living really good for the Lord? It matters what you're doing today. Remember when you weren't living good for the Lord? It don't matter. What are you doing today? So there's no U-turns. There's no U-turns. And people are looking for a U-turn. Some people on this highway of life are looking for a sign. Looking for a sign to tell them which way to go. Jesus Christ said an evil and an adulterous generation seeking for a sign. They want to see these miracles. They want to see all these signs. They want to see a sign from heaven. God's not going to give you a sign. Amen. He's giving you the word. He's giving you Jesus Christ. The only sign Jesus Christ said this generation is going to get is the sign of Jonas. As Jonas was three days and three nights in the belly of the well, so shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth. The sign for this generation, for me and you, is simply this. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the sign. You should, somebody said, why do you believe Jesus Christ is better than Buddha or Muhammad? Well, because he's alive, for one. He's resurrected. See, when I pray, I don't pray to some mythological creature or some mythological guy that lived 2,000 years ago or somebody who's laying in a grave and the worms got him. I'm praying and talking to a living Savior, Jesus Christ. So you got a sign. You want a sign? There it is, the resurrection. So many people looking for a sign. They're looking for a sign in science and in the History Channel, anywhere they're looking for these signs. God's gave you your sign. God's gave you the sign. And then there's some of us, and there's just a few of us, but there's some of us, and we're on this highway of life. And we know exactly which way we're going. It's a place called heaven. And we know exactly how to get there. And it's through Jesus Christ. And I'm one of those people. So this highway of life, it's got bumps. It's got, it's got pitfalls. It's got some detour signs. It's got all kinds of things going to happen. But I know where I'm going. And I know why I'm going to get there. It's through Jesus Christ. Some of us are on the highway of life. Go ye therefore in the highways, and as many as you shall find, bid to the marriage. Look at verse 10. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found. Now look, 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 look. Both bad and good. Praise the Lord. Are you reading that? And the wedding was furnished with guests. Read that with me again. This is a beautiful, beautiful verse. And gather together all as many as they found, both bad and good. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord that word bad's in there. Because I'm a bad man. I'm a sinner. If Jesus Christ said, yeah, they gathered up all the good people and brought them to the wedding. Oh, Brother King would just have to hang his head just... Well, I'm not going to make it to the wedding. Jesus Christ said they gathered up the good and the bad. Amen. I know some of y'all are good people. I know some of y'all have lived a really good Christian life, and I praise the Lord for that. I really do. But there's some of us in here that we're not that good. 
I'm not that good. I would put myself in the bad. And praise Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The bad are invited. The poor. The wretched. The people that can't afford it. This isn't the world's king. This is King Jesus. This is the Father. He says, I want to invite you in. You're bad. You're no good. You're sorry. You got rotten clothes on. You're living out in the, your filth. But here I got this wedding garment I want to give you. I want to invite you to this wedding. He said, well, I don't have the money to get in the way. I don't have nothing to bring. You don't need to bring nothing. I've, it's already been furnished. Just come on in. Well, I'm not a very good person. Well, we don't need it. It don't matter. We just need the bad and the good. Boy, I want to just rip that out and hang that on my wall. The bad and the good. Praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord that He will call the bad. Amen. Praise the Lord that the Bible says Jesus Christ was a friend of sinners. Amen. He is a friend of sinners. Boy, I need Him to be a friend to me. Verse 11, And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw... There a man which had not on a wedding garment. Uh-oh. He snuck in. He snuck in somehow. They gave everybody a wedding garment. And they gave it to him when they entered the door. This guy somehow, he's tried to sneak in. Some people think they're going to sneak into heaven. And he saith unto him, verse 12, Friend, how camest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? How'd you get in here? And he was speechless. Romans 3.19 says, Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith them which are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped. Amen. And all the world may become guilty before God. So many, think, so many people think, well, I'm going to get into heaven my way. I'm going to do it my way. And when I get up to God, I'll, I'll talk my way in there. I, God will know. God will see that. I got, God says, no, I've done it my way. You've got to have a wedding garment. Amen. See, a wedding garment for a Christian is the robe of Jesus Christ that Jesus Christ gives, which is the righteousness of Jesus Christ, which is the blood of Jesus Christ, which is our righteousness is not my righteousness. Our righteousness is the righteousness of Jesus Christ given to me by God. I'm not trying to get into heaven by my own works or my own, my own looks or my own anything else. I'm getting in there because God allowed me in here by His righteousness that I got to the cross of Calvary. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. And this person here, he tries to sneak in. What's interesting about this is this is probably more likely a reference to the Antichrist. Because Judas kissed Jesus and Jesus turned to Judas and said, Friend, you betrayeth the Son of God, Son of Man with a kiss. Betrayeth me with a kiss. Call, Jesus Christ called Judas friend. Are you going to try to sneak in? You're not going to make it. You've got to have the wedding garment. You've got to have the wedding And they're provided by the guest. They're provided by the guests. You know, whenever, in the Old Testament, when they set up a, when they set up a wedding, you know what they did? The father said, okay, we're going to, you, you, my son is going to marry your daughter. You know what they did? They wrote it down and made a covenant. Wrote it on a piece of paper. You got your covenant right here. Amen. You got your covenant right here. And the father would say to the son, okay, you want to marry this girl? You're engaged. That was as good as being married. You're engaged now. The father would take the son and say, Now I know you want to go get your bride, and I know you want to get married, but you got to get prepared. And you got to build a place for her and you to live. So the father would send the son. The son had to build a place. But the place that the son prepared had to be approved by the father. Amen. Now, y'all guys, y'all remember when y'all were in love with your wife? You better still be in love with her. Amen? Amen. 
Remember when you first fell in love with your wife? And you would do anything to have her? And if it was like it was back then, you, would, if the father, you had a father that said you got to build a house, you would have made a little lean-to shack and then run and got her. Right? Because you just had to have her. The father knew, they knew that was the way it'd be, so the father says, I've got to approve that house. And whenever the father came up and said, okay, you got the place built, it looks good, I think I like it, he would tell his bridegroom, he'd tell his son, go get her. And the bridegroom would get his friends and go, let's go get my bride. And they'd come through the city and there would be shouting and singing and the bride would hear it. And the bride would get ready and she was ready and she'd go away with her groom. They'd go have a big marriage ceremony, big feast. It was a wonderful thing. Go get her. Jesus Christ said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Amen. Guys, we got a mansion waiting for us. Amen. The Bible says we are the bride of Christ. And there's going to come a day that Jesus Christ is going to come back down here. We call it the rapture. He's going to get his bride. We're going to go back up to that marriage supper, that marriage feast, Revelation 19. We're waiting for that day. We're waiting for the Father to tell the Son, okay, those mansions, they're ready. Let's go get her. Go get her. She's waiting for you. She's ready. She wants to be married. She wants to be up here with you. Go get her. And boy, we're down here. We'll wait. Go, come on, Lord. Come get us. We won't be in this world. I want to be with you, Jesus. You're you're everything to me. We're prepared to go to Jesus Christ. But if you're not prepared, you're not ready. Verse 13, then said the king to the servants, bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping. And gnashing of teeth. You know, it's not a, it's not a beautiful thing to have to say this. And it, it's such a beautiful thing to think about the wedding planner. God being such a wedding planner. And all the wonderful things that are waiting for us as Christians. But man, if you reject God. And you reject Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. There's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen. And God's prepared it. Everything's prepared. There's no reason for you to be cast out. Don't be like those that say, you know what, I don't want to go. I got my own way to go. I want to listen, that way you think you're going, it's the ways of death. And if you have any kind of sense, you'll look at people who've lived that kind of way you're trying to live, and it doesn't end in anything but death. Look at good Christians that live a good Christian life. Look at their life. I'm not saying that they're every one of them's healthy, but look at their life they're living. Amen. Had a young man, I was talking to him, and this young man said, Look at the way you're living. Look at the way you're living. And you're, you're, you're arguing with me about there not being a God. And look at the, where you're at. Look at you. I mean, I was being mean. To, I was being honest, though. You're arguing with me about God, but look at you. Look at the way you're going. You're a drunk. You're a druggie. You have no house. You're homeless. And then you're going to argue with me and tell me I'm wrong? <laughs> look at your way. Preach to me your way. Preach to me how I should get drunk. Preach to me how I should be a druggie. Preach to me how I should live like you. Because it looks like you're miserable. But I'm telling you, if you'll come my way, the way of Jesus Christ, you'll have all the joy and peace you could ever want. I finally ended this by saying this to him. I said this. You've tried everything else. You've tried drugs. You've tried sex. You've tried everything else. Why don't you just for once in your life try Jesus Christ? Give it a try. What can you lose? 
You know, somebody can offer you this water and, offer, and tell you how good it is, but until you come and take a drink, you never know how thirst-quenching this water can be. Amen. Jesus wants you to come and take a drink. He says, come unto me. It's an invitation. God's not up there and you have to go and find him and knock on the door and hope he'll answer. God says, come on, I'm waiting for you. Come on. And if you'll just make one effort to reach to him, he'll meet you. Amen. When we're about to give this invitation, if you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, when we give this invitation and you say, I think I want to get saved. If you make an effort to come down here to get saved and come down this aisle, God will meet you down here. Amen. He'll meet you down here. He wants to see you up there. He's invited you. He's prepared all this. He's prepared all this. He wants to have a good time. He wants to have it. And he wants to invite the good and the bad. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to thank you for your words. And Lord, I want to thank you for Jesus Christ, Lord, and the precious blood. Father, I want to thank you for a place called heaven, Lord. And thank you for preparing it for us, Lord. And thank you for mansions that we have to walk on. Lord, streets of gold, Lord, we can't wait to get up there and see you. Father, just thank you for the invitation you give us, Lord God. Thank you for a man or a woman that had the guts to invite us to Jesus Christ. Had the guts to tell us the gospel message, Lord God. Father, give us the guts. Give us the courage to tell other people about Jesus Christ and not to be shy, Lord God. And tell them how good he's been to us, Lord God. And Father, thank you so much, Father, for words like bad. Bad. Lord, thank you for putting that word in there. Because I'm bad. And I, I could only get up there, Lord God, if, if you would let bad people in. And thank you for the wedding garment, Lord God. Thank you for the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And Lord, if there's somebody in the sound of my voice, not for sure if they're going to go to heaven, Lord God. As we give this invitation, Father, I'm calling, Lord God, that you'll speak to the heart, Lord, through the Holy Spirit. And they'll come on down here and they'll get saved. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.